Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Welcome back to another episode of the Intoxicated Podcast. This is typically a podcast where I have my friends on and we talk about life and um, it's normally very comedic and fun and meant to make you laugh. Um, This week is a little bit different. I had different plans for what I was going to release this week and then on Monday I woke up to the Me Too movement. Um really hard for me to describe what I was feeling that day. Um, I spent a lot of time scrolling my Facebook feed and just reading different statuses and I just felt a wide range of emotions. I felt very, very sad, very angry, shocked, um, shocked at the magnitude of it, but also kind of not surprised at the same time. Um, Just the sheer amount of people who are posting Hashtag me too. Um, people that I don't even know that well. Um, who are fighting battles that I didn't even know about. Really, really the whole point of the movement was to show just how many women are affected by sexual harassment and assault and abuse. And admittedly at first I didn't really want to just write hashtag me too. I instantly knew I wanted to do an episode about it because this is... This is my platform. Um, Some people write blogs, some people write songs or create art, and this podcast is what I'm doing. So if if you have been listening to the show, um, you do know that I make a lot of jokes. Uh, I make a lot of jokes, kind of self-deprecating jokes and jokes about not getting laid and... um, It's all very kind of in good fun, but... uh, fact of the matter is there's a lot of stuff going on there and um I've had a couple of experiences that have shaped my life in ways that I never really even thought possible um these things take time to realize and that's one of the main points of this podcast is to show that you don't always know right away when you've been assaulted or harassed so anyways I I started asking around two different female friends who might be open to talking about it Certainly no pressure because I totally understand that it is not everyone's personality to talk so openly about it. Everyone deals in their own way. I've always been someone who deals by talking about it. Um, So I was extremely lucky to find three different female friends of mine willing to come on and have a really brutally honest discussion about this. I have my friends Amanda and Shannon on, who have both done previous episodes of the podcast. Amanda actually did an episode with me that we kind of talked about sexual assault, the Kesha episode. We we touched on that. We touched on her particular situation. And so I knew Amanda has a knowledge of this stuff that we would need to hear about. And Shannon has had her own experience that I know about from living with her. So um, I kind of knew her past experience and knew she was she was willing to talk about it. Shannon is from episode 16. Um, 
and I'm sure she will be back on as well. But we did also have my friend Carmen, who is very new to the podcast and was awesome enough to come on. And Carmen actually kind of talked me through my emotions that I was going through um, on that day that hashtag me too started and um we we were really lucky to to get her on so i have three three different friends um four different stories um i'm extremely lucky that this happened because what happened in the room when this was recorded was so much more than what i thought it was going to be um i really just kind of thought it would be us telling our stories and that would be about it but it was so much more than that um a lot of learning, a lot of thinking about things differently and learning from each other and seeing common threads and things and supporting each other despite all four of us having very different situations and different experiences, but it's all under the same the same kind of idea of that our consent was disrespected. Um, and that's something that is important to take away from this is that there is no experience too small. And no matter what you went through, no matter what it was, what you felt was real and it affected you and that's what matters and and you matter um no one should ever have to feel like they don't matter um so i thought it was really important to do this um i will say that when i do talk about my experience it was very very hard for me um and i mentioned it in the episode that I tend to hide behind my guests. Like I tend to, to focus on them and their stories and their expertise and ask them questions and bits and pieces of my life will come out. But um, I've never spoken in great detail about what happened to me. So this was the first time putting it on mic. And um, I got to say, it was really cathartic for me and made me realize a lot about my experience. I had a really bad experience almost two years ago that resulted in probably one of the worst times in my entire life. Um, I talk about the experience in the episode, so definitely keep listening, uh, and you'll hear about it. But I gotta say, it's I'm still healing over it. It's not I'll never be over what happened. Um, actually, the the promo image that I used um, that I'm using for this this first part of the episode was taken um, a few months after my experience. Essentially, what happened was is that I had an experience, I had a really bad experience, and it spiraled me into this really bad depression, and I got super self-destructive. I was drinking a lot, I was pissing off my friends, I was acting out, I was, I was lashing out at people for different things because I was going through so much pain that I did not even really realize. And um, I even like deleted social media for like I think a solid week, which is huge for me because I'm obsessed with social media. Um, and I just had to, I had to, I had to do a reset. And the picture that you actually see in the promo image uh, was the first picture I posted after coming back to social media after that, kind of coming out on the other side and realizing that I was okay and I was ready to essentially mo- move on and get better. Um, so it was hard for me to talk about, but this is my platform. I'm done being silent about it. I don't want to be silent want to speak out and um so do my guests on this episode so I will say that definitely the parts where we talk about our experiences 
could be triggering, um, I will be very sure to put timestamps in the description of the episode to just let you know what's coming. Um, I will say that for the, about the first part, the first half or so of the episode is a lot of just sort of general commentary on the movement and also everything that's going on in the entertainment industry. Uh, so it's up to you if you want to keep listening after that totally up to you. Obviously, do not keep listening if it is going to be triggering or if it's going to upset you. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy it. I know it's a totally different tone than probably what you're used to if you've listened to the show, um, but super important to me and this is probably the episode I'm most proud of so far. Um, It is going to be a two-parter episode, so there is going to be a part two coming up. Um, Hopefully next week I will find a time to release that as I do have other episodes planned um, that I don't want to disregard. Halloween is coming up, so I don't want to disregard that, but I I do think it's important to kind of split this up in digestible parts. (laughs) Um, So this first part, like I said, is just commentary on the movement, commentary on sexual assault in the entertainment industry, and we get into my story and we get into Carmen's story. So in part two, we will pick up kind of where we left off and talk about Shannon's experience and Amanda's experience, and then kind of go into some some closing remarks and kind of what I called action items, um, what men should do to change, to change how they treat women. Um, I do think... A lot of this is how men and women are socialized, and women are socialized in a way to accept this, and men are kind of socialized in a way to do it. And I think it's important to realize the parts of your behavior that is contributing to this, because you might not even realize that you're doing it. So I really hope this movement is going to spark some sort of change. It's really hard for me to say that it will or will not, but I do have a small sense of hope that... In doing this and talking more openly about it and having women come out and talk about it, it's going to hopefully do something. Um, If anything, I hope women who have been through similar situations will not feel alone anymore. Um, And I hope it helps them. So definitely if you listen to this and you're someone who was affected by it and this helped you in any way, please let me know. this was this was a hard one for me, and it's kind of putting putting my heart and soul out there. So, if um, if it does help you, I would I would love to know your feedback on that and how you felt about the episode. So be sure to comment, or you can send in an email to the intoxicated Gmail account, which is intoxicatedpodcast at gmail dot com. And as always, make sure you are following us on all the socials. You can like us on Facebook at Intoxicated Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at also Intoxicated Podcast and on Twitter at in underscore intoxicated. You can find all the episodes from the Intoxicated Podcast and Intoxicated Reviews on our website at www.intoxicatedpodcast.com. I also want to let everyone know that there is help out there. Um, one place I do want to mention is the the Avalon Sexual Assault Center. Um, if you go to their website, avaloncenter.ca, there's a lot of resources for you to check out there. And if you do need to call them, their number is 902-422-4240, and that's here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. But certainly look up any sexual assault centers in your area if you are not in Halifax. There's tons out there, so please make sure you do that. I will also post links um, in the description and wherever I post this so you can easily find it. The other one I want to mention is the Halifax Sexual Health Center. 
Um, they have a community directory of a bunch of different places that have different services. So if you do need help, if you do need to talk to somebody, please do not hesitate to reach out to them because that is what they are there for. Anyways, guys, whew, that was rough. Um, I'm shocked I got through that without crying. <laughs> Very proud of myself. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast, and I'm saying this in a non-energetic voice because this is going to be a very hard one. Um, This is a little bit of a deviation from my regular comedic uh, podcast, but um, this is something we need to talk about. So I'm super lucky to be here with three of my female friends, Um, and we're going to talk about the Me Too campaign and sexual assault and sexual abuse and... Um, I'm very happy to have you guys, and thank you so much for coming. So let's go around the table and just do quick, quick intros. We have two returning guests on here who have done the podcast before. Shannon. Well, that's it's, me. It's Shannon. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> the cam girling episode. Go, go I listen to it. That's right. Go listen to it. So my numbers still are better than my brother's. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, and we have Amanda, who was on the Kesha episode. Yes. Hi, everyone. And I knew she'd be back. I knew I'd get you back at some point, and I jumped at the chance to get you on, because you're the right right person for this. And we have a new guest. Yay! Carmen! Hello. <laughs> you're using, like a, like, a podcast voice. Love it. A phone. A I phone. should be a sex worker. <laughs> sex phone worker. It's really. actually really, really That good. is actually good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hello. Oh my god. Someone hire this one. Like, yeah, yeah, you need it. And we have some wine on the go. We have red and white wine. Um, It was the cheapest wine I could find. Uh, just being honest. It's I delicious. bought the same beer earlier. It's the same beer. Right? It's <laughs> really good. It's surprisingly good. It is Peller mm-hmm. Estates, French Cross, Shiraz, and Pinot Grigio. Mm-hmm. Nom, nom, nom. Mm-hmm. 9 a bottle. Nine ninety nine. It was made in Winona, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And Canadian. It's Canadian. You can also get the boxed wine, which is like $40. So. Uh, yeah. But you know what? That's a good deal. That's a good deal. That's like Ooh. five bottles in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boxed wine is Fine. very, very, very well Oh, yeah. Well, Rutrail. Is my babe. Nice. Yum. So, not to bury the. Well, let's let's do a cheers. Why not? Yay. It feels kind of weird cheers cheers. to this subject matter, cheers. but cheers to women. Uh, cheers yeah, exactly. Being friends. Oh, I guess I should. Do it's more friends. of the idea that I think this is bringing four people together that I think you know might not have sat in a room together before. Is one thing. Is one way to look at it. Um, so we are here today to talk about the. Me Too campaign that's going around. Is it, what I, would you call it a campaign? Movement, maybe, is a, b- a better word to describe it. Yeah, a kind um, of movement. movement. Yeah, yeah, it's not organized, so campaign yeah. doesn't sit quite right. It doesn't that's sit, true. yeah, so it's the Me Too movement. Yeah. Um, going around social media. So this happened, what day was it? Was it, it Tuesday? Was, Monday? Like yeah. Monday or Tuesday. It was, early. It was the, yeah. yeah, it was Monday, I think. Yeah. Um, so this kind of just flooded my feed. How do we feel about it? Like, let's just kind of talk about our first, maybe our first couple reactions to it. Because when I, uh, I just pulled up my feed and I just saw someone literally have Me Too. And my first instinct was, what? Yeah. Me Too what? So I Googled it and that's when it came up. Um, And admittedly, um, I won't lie, I saw it and I said, oh, that's kind of cool. But the stance I took was, 
it's a little chainmaily. Like, uh, like mm-hmm. I think what I said mm-hmm. my first status was was my. I'm not going to copy and paste my experience. I'm going to do a podcast about oh, it. Oh, I like that. I'm not going to copy that's, and paste my experience. That's just what I said, but I was feeling kind of beautifully put. I was in a different energy. Um, and then the next morning when I went to work and it was throughout the day, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I started seeing yeah. statuses that were more detailed and more mm-hmm. a little more. And then I started thinking about my own experience, mm-hmm. and I was actually messaging with Carmen that day. Yeah. Being just like I, I never feel triggered, and I felt a little triggered. Well, um, yeah. I welcome. mean, for me, it was really seeing people who don't participate on the online mm. feminist conversation. Yeah, contributing like right. there's all kinds of hashtags that go around within the feminist community, yeah. but that people I work with or people I know socially probably don't even know exist and like they were posting it like that that is a pretty powerful Isn't statement that crazy? and yeah. for, like my the first one that i saw was an extremely detailed one mm-hmm. and it was from an old co-worker that i already knew her story we were super super close she moved away and like i already knew this mm. but Same i remember that. specifically saying don't tell anyone this happened yeah and then this came up and she posted it online and i'm like girl yeah, like so that weird. is something else, right? Yeah. Where and then they just kept flooding in exactly like kept that day, in. just kept coming in and coming in consecutive. Yeah. Just I think my attitude totally changed. Yeah. My attitude totally changed the next day. Like the first mm-hmm. night, I was just kind of like, it, it. And admittedly, it reminded me a lot of those things that go around that are like, post your favorite color to promote breast. <laughs> I totally get cancer that. awareness. It just reminded me of that. Well, I think, and I was wrong to judge it so quickly. It was the next day that I really realized the magnitude yeah. of it and the fact that, like, like yeah, you might be someone who might not want to go into detail. You might just post me too. Yeah. Um, but and you realize, yeah. like, all these people that you didn't know were fighting battles. Yes, are fighting these battles, and that's no idea. Power of the abusers and making we know we're not alone, but yet we believe we are alone. Right? They make us, and that's the power of keeping us silenced. And that's what really kind of came to a head with this movement: is people are like, "Fuck it, I'm not being silent anymore." Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and even if you want to be silent, you don't have to say anything. Yeah, you just have to post it. Yeah. Like there, hashtag that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. That's you don't have to be public. You don't have to name names. You don't have to name when it happened. Yeah. You can just support. Exactly. Support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like what I. Think? Well, I first saw it because I actually follow Alyssa Milano who started it. Mm-hmm. So I saw it. Who was it? Alyssa Milano. She was yes. started. She's the one who started. I started this. She started this new Yeah. She brought it back. She started this new wave. Yeah. Woman of color. So intersectionality comes into play here and white feminism as well. Yes. Damn, okay. But yeah, so I saw it first, and I was like, "Oh, that's a great idea!" And, and then I started seeing it gain traction. And, I, and of course, you, we see hashtag campaigns all the time all the for time. different things. And not to say that they're not important things, but it's easy for them to all kind of get lost in one big glob of you know one big hashtag glob. Yeah. So once I saw this one was like really getting traction, and, and more and more people, and more different people, like it wasn't just the celebrities coming out. It was you're right, like coworkers. It was like people you knew. Like, and I was like, "Well, you know what? Everyone else is doing it, and the point of doing it is so that it gets bigger." So. I'm going to do it. So I hashtag me too. And then I, and I was like, I don't feel like talking about it because like, I feel like I've, done it. I've talked a couple times about it. I've alluded to it and it's too big a story to put in like whatever, how many characters Twitter is now yeah. having, giving people. Yeah. But I was, I just hashtagging me too is enough, I felt. Yeah. And then I yeah. saw you, hash, you wrote, retweeted 
that really beautiful tweet about how like it was not just about the people who were brave enough or even like comfortable enough not about bravery but comfort in their own their own mm-hmm. stories to say me too but there are so many other people who maybe Dude. don't feel comfortable yet right but still experienced it and those people are just as important and, and they should and they should not feel yeah. they should not feel like they are suppressing their voices or story because it's okay to not be there yet Right. It's it's a traumatic experience, mm. and everyone deals with it in their own different way in their own time. Exactly. Yeah. I think so the true. magnitude is already there. Yes. Even yeah. with the people in the community that haven't, you know, posted that. Yeah. I haven't. Just because the people who who matter to me know already. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, right. you know, so, like, the people that haven't, they're not ignoring what happened. They're just not going to post it online and on social media. Exactly. However, like, it's big enough that everyone knows about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Completely. And, like, I as not a po- – well, I guess this is technically posting it. But, um, <laughs> this is, yeah. this is I technically was posting it. Yeah, the hashtag movement. We got you in the end. <laughs> I really hope that the people who don't post – Hashtag me too. Know that they're still supported. Oh, 100 mm-hmm. percent. You yeah, know, I and agree. Like, and that they're not hiding anything. They're just not gonna, you know, they're not publicize that. Right. Yeah. 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 It, and I, I, I was telling Carmen before we started that, like, mm-hmm. that day, I felt a similar vibe to how I felt when Trump won the day Whoa. after, where I just Hunted felt... and vulnerable? That's what I felt. Terrified. <laughs> but I just and felt... vulnerable, and I was speaking with a gay friend of mine after the Pulse shooting, and, like, he felt the same way about the Pulse sh- shooting as I felt yeah. the day after the American election. Like, just right. millions of people have decided that it's okay to treat women the way he he displayed yeah like sexual mm-hmm. objects that aren't yeah. actual people that's just what we are yeah it's not exactly empathy it's terror it's yeah. un- being uncomfortable it's mm-hmm. not empathy this time around no it's, it's fear I fear for every American yeah. woman like I mean I fear obviously for women, women all around the world this is a global issue but right now I especially fear <sighs> right. for American women um, and elephant in the room, but I mean, there's also a what's name him Harvey whatever his oh, face. I don't even really want to like say his fucking name. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, that so that like so he's that the one that got caught. Yeah, and how many women oh. now? Is it forty seven? It's seems Every time I go on Twitter, there's at least five new stories from some from people yeah. coming out, and bless them for coming out, but bless them for having to go through that monster's touch. Right. Oh, I, I think it. you posted an article about Jennifer Lawrence. I read yes. that. Oh my the, god! And the, her naked thing, that like was horrifying. my god, and just like how she often does that happen? And then. Oh, who was it that said they had to put, they had to let the male lead put a dog collar on Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Like, that's probably describes why she hasn't done anything in 20 years. Right. Jesus Christ. And she's like, that wasn't even in the script. Wait, sorry. That was nothing. He was, he was told by, he was told by the director to do it to her. And he was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to do it anyway. And she was just like. This is fucked. This, this is, is so, like nothing like the excerpt I read. Yeah. Like there's nothing hinting towards. And then she said she like fired her agent and got in her car and cried. And I was yep. just like, Molly. Jesus Christ! But I bet mm-hmm. you there's probably only a handful of women in Hollywood that really don't have a story like that. Or you know, it's it's a sick place there. 
Maya and Bialik, I want to like her so much. Like, she's I mean, so Blossom was one of my, like, I know, she was one of my, like, fundamental <laughs> feminist icons. And then, like, what the, hell? What, what the hell? What the hell? Maya Bialik, what the hell? That was with her. Shit, I, know. I think what happened, like, I get where she's coming from. I just think she did it, like, in an intoxicated thing where she just Put it out there, like just spat it out. She definitely and had a, didn't think it through. Wait, wait, yes. I don't know that she's de- oh, like, like she came. She was like she really came from a good she place. Didn't get molested. Yeah, and she, she was came from a good she place. She was an unconventional looking like actress. Mm-hmm. So like totally destroyed, like you know, reifying all the yeah, so right, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You have to be a certain level of attractiveness to get attacked. Like no, no, it's not. That makes me feel icky. I know, right? Like it's not about if you're sexually attracted. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> because like like it's not a, it's not a matter of being like a 10 or an 8 or a 5 it's not about sexual attraction it's about power it's all about power doesn't power. give a shit about how beautiful you are what you're wearing it's power and what's so her true. face yeah. from 20 Two minutes. Um, I can't remember the actress's name, but she did a monologue about how technically she's the one kind of in the powerful position, but yet she's been molested by like <gasps> random audience members and uh, different people. Oh and I think it really like we we see these women like Gwyneth Paltrow and Reese Witherspoon coming out mm. and talking about their experiences, yeah. and it really speaks. Angelina Jolie, like my yeah. God, yeah. Um, yeah. it really speaks to the glass ceiling of power that women are against, yeah. and like it does. And well, really, actors and actresses, regardless of gender, are just it's kind true. of show this ponies. Happens to men too. It does. Have you guys and read yes. the Lena Headley thing? Yes. That yes. was messed up. Yeah, I read that today. Yeah. That was crazy. I saw the headline, but I didn't read any details. Well, like, remember the movie Brothers Grimm? Now, this was yes. like a long time ago. Yeah. That yeah. was in the 2000s. Let's yeah. just put it there. Um, she played this minor role that was when she was first, like, budding as an actress. And we all know, well, I hope we all know, Game of Thrones. Yeah, hell yeah. She's amazing. (laughs) Cersei, Cersei. (laughs) Amazing. Game of Thrones. Um, But the thing is with her is that she was actually approached after that movie, like, after all the promos and stuff, after obvious abuse from the director himself, but she was approached by... Harvey, what's his face? Mm -hmm. Um, is it Harvey? I don't know. Yeah, it's Harvey. But Harvey, what's his face? Um... At a hotel, and she denied him twice, two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And after she, after she denied him the second time, he escorted her out of the hotel by grabbing her by the arm and shoving her out, yeah. and saying, "Don't tell anyone about this. Not even your manager. Not even your agent." And in the interview she gave, she mentioned, "And I have never ever been asked to do a Miramax movie ever again." Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when you look at it, there's like this gap for her. There is like, for a lot of actors. Oh there's God, a gap. Yeah. And I think now we're going to look at a lot of these women and see that gap. Because, I mean, I was talking to my brother about it, and he's like, now I know what happened to Rose McGowan. I loved her, and all of a sudden she was in nothing. And I was like, there's a lot of actresses. There's a gap. That you can find gaps in. And I guarantee you it's because of similar situations. Mm -hmm. That they were blacklisted Mm -hmm. because they weren't willing to do whatever some man Mm -hmm. wanted. Yes. It is. There's a huge gap. Yep. And I can't say I blame these because they always get them when they're young. Like, how many of these stories from these women now they're coming out, they're like, it's obviously something I'm still dealing with, and it's it happened multiple times, but it happened, it's first it happened started. when I was like yeah. 16 or 15 when I was yeah. the first mm-hmm. actor starting. And if you're 16 or 15, you're a kid. And, and if you want to be in Hollywood and some man tells you he can get you there, 
I mean, come on. That's some sick predatory action because that's taking innocent little prey and just leading them into the slaughterhouse. Because I think that's what Jennifer Lawrence said. She said, I did it because I thought thought that's what you just had to do. Reese Witherspoon as well. I think the most terrifying thing about that is that it worked. Yeah. Because that's how, that's how hard these systems were put into yeah. place for these women. That's how Hollywood worked. Mm. I mean, you hear it, you hear it even in movies and like, back like the 30s and the 40s, the casting couch. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, she slept with so-and-so to get in this movie. Like, you know, she got this role on her back. Like, it, it's kind of, it was made into a joke to kind of cover the fact that it was real. Right. Like, Who do I have to blow to get attention? Exactly. Like, they made it a joke yeah. about the women so that they could, you know, continue to do it. But it was all, ha that one, she got her job by sleeping with someone. Rather than she was forced into sleeping with some right. asshole who said she didn't get them a role in order to get her into his bed. Mm-hmm. Which is so much worse. Jesus But they Christ. flip it. They flip it on the woman every time. They just put the blame on them. They mm-hmm. put the trauma on them. And they expect them to hold it because they're the men. And that's what, that's how their systems and how their lives work. Mm-hmm. God, that's it's fucking sick. It's really yeah, sick. It's disgusting. And there's pedophilia too. There's so oh, much pedophilia. Oh, yeah. That's going to be the next tip. <laughs> yeah, like, that's now that this whole women's sex thing is getting exposed, and it's going to keep getting exposed and keep getting bigger. I think it's going to just grow. I mean, grow. is that more names are coming wishful out? Wishful thinking, though. I, I mean, don't. we've I had other moments where we think. This is it. And then it it just kind of fades. Now, here's one article that I actually found today Mm. is um, from a former U.S. Olympic gymnast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, the guy, she's accusing Nasser. He's been accused by, he's already been accused. He's on trial for over a hundred cases of assault. Mm -hmm. But the, the thing in the back of my mind is not that it happened to her, but he's been accused of over a hundred counts of assault and we haven't heard about it. Oh, oh, I've heard about that. He's yeah, the doctor of the, like, most of the United States gymnast teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And probably other teams. <sighs> I mean, he is their doctor. Uh, that's someone Over that is, 30 years yes. of abuse, and we're just kind of hearing about it now. Well, that's been openly talked about in the feminist community for a long time. I would like, say. How, yeah. how long? Like, that's not the first time I've heard about that's it. That's the first time like, she's come out with yeah, her story. Okay. But, yeah, that's yeah. not... Oh, okay. My, like, my apologies. Like I'm saying, it's yeah. in feminist it's, it's, communities. You almost have like, to it hasn't dig gone deep really to find these stories. The mainstream. Like, it's almost on mm. us to research enough to find out these real dark truths when they should just be exposed to all the light possible. Yeah. Like Harvey Wetz's face is just because he got caught. He got caught, but yeah. he's like the owner of Miramax or whatever. Was. Not anymore. Or yeah, <laughs> I, I was just say so. He's done, right? Like he's oh, he's fired. He's done. Yeah, the only person I've seen who to really step up in the situation has to be Kevin Smith. Yes, and he's giving back all of his residuals, even if Mm -hmm. like you know the the Weinstein company itself collapses totally. He's going to continue giving the amount he was making in residuals Mm -hmm. a month for the rest of his life. Kevin Smith is a fucking saint, and he's incredible. Like I. That's he gets nice. a ding. His, his movie down. making abilities have waned over the yeah. years, I find. So true. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, I love Dogma and like Jay and Silent Bob's Strike oh. Back. That was kind of his, I think, PK days. But 
he really is also some t- a victim of the whole I had a daughter so now I think women are people yeah, like true. really since he's had his daughter is when we've seen the shift and it's, he's not quiet about yeah. that either as being it's, his motivation for how but he has always since, tried to be progressive mm. in his views on women Kim, I mean, how much can we fault him for being prone to that? I mean, I'm prone to my own yeah. intrinsic misogyny because that's the it's, system I'm raised in. We're bred, it's bred into us, and it's bred into mm-hmm. men in a different, more toxic way. But you know, like, and some there are men. You're right, like Kevin Smith, that they're trying their best, but they have to overcome a lot of demons that weren't put there by themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, God bless them for having to fight them because I mean, as bad as our system is, and it is bad. Their system is terrible in a different way entirely. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they're taught to be totally closed into their feelings. They're taught mm-hmm. that they're owed sex by women. Like they're just—they <laughs> nice have team. all of these 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 things just put upon them and be like, "This is how what it is to be a man. You need to be this mold. You have man to be up. this kind of yeah, man up." How many times you hear that? How many times you hear that? Adult up. Yeah. Let's change that. You say man up. Be a fucking grown up. Be a person. A full fledged person. Adult up. Like, my God. Yes, I still haven't hit that. Like, I have not adulted up yet. We're getting there. It's a process. You know, it's by the time process. we retire, we'll be adults. Yeah. Even then, we'll probably be like, questioning. Do we ever feel this way? Yeah. One foot in the grave. I what still feel like I'm a teenager. That's a really good point to make, though, about the, the daughter thing. Yeah, yeah. I a lot of celebs that. came out saying stuff like that, and they got mm-hmm. shit. Well, that's been a lot yeah. a trope I mean, for yeah, a long like, time, and I've oh, it's always bugged the shit out of me. And does. like someone, yeah. I reposted something this week about mm-hmm. a tweet about like you know, um, never have I heard a woman say I have a son, so now I know how to respect a man. Oh like, my you god, know, it's so yes. fucking yes. true. Yes. I mean, it is great for some of these men that something finally does snap them out of the viewpoint, but it's really sad that that's what it takes. It's kind of gross that it's, this is the yeah. one woman you've never viewed sexually and, and as a whole person is a person you made. And suddenly like, the world is different now. <laughs> <laughs> you have, really? That is a clear indication you have viewed every woman you've come into contact with in a sexual yeah. context. Like, and my that's God. what you should be focusing on. Yeah, like, you should exactly. Be like, it took having a daughter to make me realize how wrong I was. Not... You know, like, my daughter, I don't want anyone to treat anyone like I would want my daughter to be treated. That's the wrong way to to look at it. Like that scene from um, Bad Boys where Will Smith and What's-His-Face are threatening the 15-year-old boy who's come to date his daughter. Like, they're pulling a gun on him. And, like, my boyfriend and my husband and I were watching this not too long ago. We're like, oh, let's watch this. This is, like, a fun throwback. And they were like, oh, my God, this is making us so uncomfortable. Because, like... Yeah, like, he's a child. <laughs> Holy fuck. There are definitely a lot of media pieces, movies, television, that are going to be viewed so differently. Well, the whole Taken series, you like, know? his seven, in the first first movie of that series, his daughter is 17 years old, and she's, like, running around pigeon-toed in her, like, little girl clothes, saying, oh, daddy! Oh. <laughs> and, like, she, they do, they go way out of their way to make her look like she's five, even though she's 17, 18 years old, and should have the right to her own sexual being, and, like, the only reason why she's worth so much to the sex traffickers is because she's a virgin. Like, it's oh. so... We're either children so or we're whores, but we're never people. Like, <laughs> Why is that? You know? Like, why is there no point where you look at us the same way you look at a man? Because we're literally the same. We just have different bits. Like, we're all here. We have an Innie instead of an Audi. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So, do we think that this campaign. 
Because I think we're getting two sides of the coin with this. Because we're getting people who are like, this is so great. Like, we're talking, finally talking about it. We're opening a discussion. And then there's the other side of it of people just being like, it's disgusting that this is what it takes. Like, where, is. Do we, where do we do? I kind of fall on so both sides. I kind of fall on Everything both about sides. It sad. I fall on both sides, too. I mean, it is sad that it took us to 2017 and all this scandal and all this to now. And now people are finally speaking up and be like, oh, this is this is what it took. And that is sad. Yes. But thank fucking God we got here. You know? Like, yeah. and I would say we're still not over the hump. Oh, I would say we're not there yet. Well, because we have oh, seen no. tangible results. Like, exactly. we haven't yeah. seen yeah. any men really doing anything other than, like, Kevin Smith, like we talked about. But, like, I mean, right. all the other men in Weinstein's sphere fucking knew. They're doing ben Affleck everyone knew. knew. Ben Affleck has groped so Matt, many fucking women. <laughs> David knew. I'm sure this that other director I saw knew. He says he doesn't know, but ha- you you can't be in that sphere and not know. I'm sorry. I like the few Ben mm-hmm. that have come forward, and I can't remember their names because there's so much to look at and so many names now to try and mm. remember. But some of them have been like, you know what? Yes, I did know, and I didn't say anything, and I'm a fucking asshole, and I should have, and I'm sorry. So that's owning They're taking, up. They are owning it And up. that's better than, I like, I think that there's a lot of criticism going around it's for men who are like, okay, you want to show support, and they're using, like, the we believe you. Yeah. We hear you. We believe you. It's like no, like you really. What are you doing yes. about it? It's like, yeah. like, and I think taking ownership mm-hmm. is a good first step. Exactly. I think the legal system has a lot to do with this as well. Mm-hmm. What what actually legally defines harassment and assault? Yeah. Do we know? And Wait, going back to the Kesh episode, we are not lawyers. We're not lawyers. But do we know what it is? Do we know what the legal <laughs> definition is? I do believe for like harassment, it entails something along the lines of like an established pattern of behavior. So, like, what, the first grab they is free? have to do it at least twice. And, like, oh, man. by established once behavior, one once against 100 women yeah. or 100 times against one woman. Like, yeah. what? what is the threshold? And I think this whole standard of, well, it hasn't, like, with Cosby and the whole conversation around him, like, you know, we haven't seen it proven in court yet, so we can't trust these allegations. Like, yeah. right. there are now laws being proposed in states that state, you know, mm-hmm. once X number um, uh, of people come forward about a person, then it's just to be taken as fact that they have committed these acts. That's so, fabulous. And I don't know why do we not have something like that being discussed on federal levels? Because mm. I mean, really, fifty women who've never met each other before. How Jesus. can there be a doubt yeah. that something has happened? I'd like that. Yeah, but I'm all in my mind. It's just like kind of like the Kill Bill thing, where there's just like these four or five women just ganging up on a guy because they hate him. You know, I would can try you point to, to avoid a point, that. Can you point to a case in real life where that has happened? No, not at all. But, so, I, <laughs> but that's what I fear. That that law gets abused, just like every other law gets abused. But not that sexual assault get abused. Yeah, that's sexual assault. Yeah, is, sexual assaults mm-hmm. are about the same rate as any other false report of a crime. Two exactly. percent yeah. or less. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're we're talking about one in four, one in five women are assaulted or mm-hmm. or assaulted or harassed. And I I believe that number is way higher when we take mm-hmm. into account mm-hmm. unaccounted for right. or unreported oh, cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the balance there just doesn't work out for me in terms of mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. this yeah. is going to be abused like what woman has gained 
fame and money from coming out with these out. That is part of the system that yeah. keeps women silent. Is sure that mm-hmm. yeah, there yeah. is Good no point. positive for them yeah, to come point. out. Yeah. They just run in these same circles of oh, well, maybe she didn't do it, or, or she's just trying to take down a man, or oh, she's just trying to get attention, and they just the run. attention what thing. Is the they, attention thing. They, they run. One is the hamster wheel, and they never get anywhere with it. Except we never get anywhere either. Like, yeah. this whole, like, wanting attention thing, like, is that not one of the me- basic needs on the pyramid of needs of yeah. human, like, basic human attention? So yeah. why is it bad that a woman would ask for attention? Yeah. Because she shouldn't. Because she should operate in the background. She should not yep. be visible yep. or heard. Like, and that is the underlying yeah. attitude that, exactly. that kind of feeds that. It's oh my God, yes. It's like, oh, she's just lying. She's trying to get a big fat paycheck. It's like, oh, yeah. What paycheck? $100,000? That's what Rose McGowan got from. From Harvey Weinstein, like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. That's worth yeah. it. All his big no. victims. No. We get checks in the mail. Like, I, I, like you know, like you're not getting residuals. I'm not from Mexico off of my. Can I get time? You know, like serious. You're not getting residuals from that shit. You're getting your hundred grand, like, which is a drop in the fucking bucket compared to what they are worth. Yeah. To shut you up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's all it's comes. Money. It mm-hmm. all comes with non-disclosure agreements, yeah. and then like these women who are speaking up, some are naming names. Some are not because they could be sued. Yeah, yeah. and I it's mean, true. when you're a nobody and you're signing that a million dollars, two million dollars, that's like working at Payless for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. giving eighty percent of your paycheck over to these powerful men who have tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy fuck! But at the same time, I don't blame women who have taken that money and have signed. No, of course not. No, you yeah, can't. None of us do. That, that's but what that's I'm saying is the only recourse that yeah. you really have or the only and at that point, thing you, you can you do. You might think, maybe this will make it go away for me too. Because if you don't take that, no. you are not working mm-hmm. in Hollywood again. It's the whole system you, is set up against you. And then, of course, yeah, then... Oh, you just wanted that money. Well, again, a hundred grand compared to what you could make as a famous actor or actress mm-hmm. in the run of a lifetime. What is that? That's nothing. Yeah, not that no. much. It's so, so true. true. Oh my god. It's fuck. It's yeah. like the Taylor Swift one dollar lawsuit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's actually great. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Russell Greer. Holy mm-hmm. shit, Russell Greer. <laughs> Who's that? He's a guy who sued Taylor Swift. Oh, uh, he's a girl. I never bothered to learn his name. Yeah. No, the exactly. I <laughs> no, no. He's a guy who has a facial deformity or like paralysis. And he's been suing famous women because when he gets backstage tickets, they're not giving him the type of attention he feels he needs because he's like stalking them and writing them songs and doing all these things. He's also tried to. Where's my girlfriend? He's a nice guy, TM. Uh, Like the nice (laughs) guy, TM. He's tried to get prostitution legalized in Utah, (laughs) even though he's a Mormon. Fucking (laughs) what? But he's like stalked strippers and he stalks sex workers like the mm. uh, who I think it was Ariana Grande was the one he went after after no. after Taylor Swift I'm pretty sure it was Ariana and like but he's also going after women who don't have the resources to kind of fight him in the same way mm-hmm. but it's like I brought this stri- I wore a tie and brought the stripper flowers so she should like fall all over me. That means I should at least get a handy, right? Like, that's that's what that is owed to me, right? Like all expectations. Yeah. It's these expectations that they're that they are owed things because they are nice to women. 
Oh, the nice guys. Yeah, I, I the nice the guys. guys. Can we talk about the nice guy? Fuck, we can talk about the nice guy. In fact, that could be a whole podcast <laughs> itself. I think that should be oh a whole podcast. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. Yeah. I love that subreddit oh. where they make fun of them. Yeah, I've had so many nice guys in my life, and they are all the same, and they are just so awful. Mm-hmm. It's a mask. It is. It's a mask yeah. they used to hide. They used to hide their monster nature. They're like, oh no, I'm really nice and friendly, and I'll listen to your problems, and we'll be, we'll be, you know, like you can lean on me. The fact that friend zone is a pejorative oh. is like telling. It just tells you I everything you need to know about them. <laughs> Like, how much do you not have to see a woman as a, a person to be being, able to say being a friend with one is just odious? Oh, God. Oh, you mean I don't look at your friendship? Oh, sorry yeah. I ever talked to you. It's, it's like, <laughs> but I don't want sex. It's like their whole, like, setup, too. Like, I don't yeah. want sex. I'm a nice guy. But Therefore, then you don't give me sex. Me. <laughs> like, reverse oh, psychology, I or, guess. Or, like, I don't know. At the other end of it, you kind of get this, like, I'm your friend. I'm like, I respect you. And they, they skew it as they're being protective of you when really they're trying they, to control you. You're a delicate well, flower. It. Yeah, you need really someone like that to type of misogyny. Them, you know, like it's true. Like they see women as fragile blossoms and damsels in distress and they're going to swoop in and save them and then they're going to fall in love with him and then they're going to have sex and everything's going to be great. Yeah. It's that's perfect. not, ha- that's not no. how it happens. It's not yeah. how it happens and it's not fair to fucking anybody. Like... Can you imagine the world you have to grow up in to have that viewpoint? Like, that's brutal. It is. Oh, man. Well, we'll bring it back to, I guess, us. (laughs) Us. I have a two and a half glasses. Yeah. Let's get personal. Uh, We're almost done our bottles here. No, no, no. So, like, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna take the whatever and bring it on the talking stick. Was it a talking stick or a spirit stick? Like you have a stick. stick. You have like you you pass the stick around to talk or whatever. Has the clamshell? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna start and I'm just I'm gonna share what happened to me. Go for it. Yeah. Let's do that. I don't care. Like I'm I was telling Carmen before we came on. She was here a bit early. Um. And <laughs> and uh, I was just saying how it's never been in my nature to not talk about mm. stuff. Like, mm. so true. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? Sarah? I don't want anything about Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess I just mean in the sense of, like, I don't know, it, I tend to always speak up when I disagree or, or whatnot. And, um... So when this happened, I was just like, I gotta do an episode about it because it's just this is my platform. This is like my my diary and my baby that I'm putting on the world. But I also realized that like a lot of times I hide behind my guests a little bit on the show, and I I focus on the guests and their stories, what they have to say, and them, 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 and you know, little tidbits of my experiences will come out. Can we do a podcast where I interview you one day? Yeah, sure. Because I'm down for that. And AMA. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I have... This sh- Listen, this is primarily a comedy podcast. It's usually quite... Lighter. I don't want to use the word light, but um, the tone is usually comedic. Yes. Um, and I, I take a lot of stances of, I don't get laid. I don't get any dick. Oh, this sucks. Like, why aren't I getting fucked? Like, and I kind of take the stance... And this whole week has made me realize why, mm-hmm. which is is that I've gone through some stuff that has actually made me scared of having sex. Humor mm-hmm. is one of the easiest defenses to use to hide mm-hmm. behind things. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've realized that I've been doing that. 
And I guess I would say that, like, my first experience was actually at the Mount. Um, first year university. Um, it was, I was in a relationship at the time. I, it was long distance relationship, which is like Anna Ganesh. Like, that's two hours away. It's not that bad. <laughs> but, you know, high school hormones. It was like, the world is ending. I'm two hours away from my boyfriend. You know, but that, again, plays yeah. into, you know, mm-hmm. how we think. Mm-hmm. Um... And there was actually, like, a friend of a frosh leader, position of power, mm-hmm. um, that was visiting from St. Mary's. So he was actually not even a Mount student, but he was a friend of a frosh leader at the Mount. So, they, like, he was there partying. Okay. And we had talked and developed a rapport. And he came into my room. And my door was, like, I always had my door open. I was like an open door girl. Like my yeah. door was always open. Like, come on in, talking about that. And I think the first thing for me was that he shut the door. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and sat beside me and started like being really touchy feely, and eventually actually just pinned me down. Um, and luckily enough, I was like, "Get off!" I have a boyfriend. I put like I pushed him off, okay. uh, and immediately went to my RA, and she actually had him banned from the mount. God bless Good. her. That was my first yes. experience. And like snaps and this, to her. This was first year university. Me and Amanda, you you and I met in first year. Mm. Uh, I, I was in a long term relationship at the time and my first where I went through first in my mind was my boyfriend is going to be so mad at me. Oh, yeah. So that I let wrong. a boy into my in mm. my room. Mm. I let him get so close oh. that he would do that. Um and I remember like I'm pretty sure we had a fight about it. I don't really remember. That relationship didn't last that long after that. Good. Yeah. Um, but that was only my first experience. My second experience was definitely, like, like further down the road, uh, I would say probably about four years ago, um, with a casual sex partner. Um, and um, I think I was at a time in my life where I was feeling like I had to start knocking experiences off my list, like being more kinky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that makes sense. Like, oh, I'm too vanilla. Like, I gotta start trying some rough stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and why he, would you go immediately to rough stuff? I don't from, know. Like, why does kinky equal rough stuff? I don't know, but Is that's it, the thing I don't know. Maybe it's because, was it like the exact opposite of what you were currently you were Probably. Into? Maybe probably you, were dying, you were probably I think from one extreme to the next. I think a part of me knew I always liked certain aspects of rougher sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of um, being a sub. Keyword being aspects. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't have to mm-hmm. love the whole thing. Um, pieces. That's what and also, is. keep in mind as well, like, I've been single for almost six years. So th- this whole six years has been, like, either friends that I'm hooking up with or casual sex partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has not even been anywhere near short-term dating. Yeah. Um, so I was hooking up with this guy, and he just flat out went out and struck me across the face. Without, like, even talking about yeah. it first? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that's unacceptable. Mm, that's um, no good. And mm. the thing is, Mm-mm. is in that moment, I wasn't immediately like, oh, shit, fuck you. I was like, but you're not. Looking back now, I was in shock. Of course. Mm-hmm. Like, looking back, like, and mm. at the time, I, I, I'm the excuse girl. I made excuses. I was like, oh, well, we were, like, it was the heat of the moment. Like, I made so many excuses. That was back then. Looking back now, mm-hmm. that was not fucking cool. That's mm-hmm. not. Um, and I was in shock. 
Of course. And mm. this was also a friend, so Double shot. there's a level of comfort and le- trust that you comfort assume. Yeah. Yeah. Leeway trust. almost. You leeway. Would, yeah. As well of being a like, level of forgiveness. You, you kind of slipped up there, but we're friends, so yeah. whatever. No, I, I get that. Um so that was the second time. Um and I will say, like you gotta talk about that shit before you do that. Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah. I, you, sex is a thing. You like what you like. Do it safely. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Safe words. Do it with partners Every, you trust. Like, oh, yeah. like that's my yeah. thing. Like, what yeah. I'm saying right now, like, if I started seeing someone and told them I liked being slapped in the face, like, then, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you develop that and you talk yeah. about it. And, but this this was out of nowhere. And this... Mm-hmm. And it's not how it should The thing happen. that... Mm-mm is crazy to me is I had a female friend at the time who was going through a similar thing and we met up at a bar and she had a bruise on her face oh. and we high-fived. Oh my God. But in a way you were... Because we were both so yeah. oblivious. Mm. Like we were so... You were connecting on the we level that you probably we didn't even notice at the time. Exactly. Because in our minds at that time... It's not just me. We were being sexually experimental and we were... Trying new things. That's sowing our wild oats. Mm. And, yeah, like no, that's not what not. it was at all. And I no. know that now. Yeah. And it takes uh, a while. it's fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that was when it started. Um, the, the big the big one, I call it, is, is the thing that happened two years ago, which is I had another, again, casual sex. Maybe it's just not for me, but it doesn't seem to work out whenever, whenever I do it. Um, had a casual sex partner that was, like, probably my longest term casual sex partner. Let's okay. call it that. Yeah, like, that makes sense. It was, it was a long over time, but yeah. still very casual. And it was very, like, so casual to a point of, like, it started with a Facebook message being, like, you're hot. I want to bang you. Can I come over? Yeah, sure. Charlie, I'm um, in yet. the door. Hi, nice to meet ya. Close off. Banging. So nothing wrong with that. So yeah. casual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a dom. Um, but not a good one. Uh, um, so he was a real sadist. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no discussion. Nope. Um, no aftercare. Oh, he's not a dom. He's an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Like. Nothing. It started with, you know, the choking and like just a lot of pinning and it progressively got worse and it kind of led to, and I'm going to put a trigger warning like on on this episode because it is pretty brutal, but like a lot of pushing my face into the pillow to a point where I couldn't breathe, Um, hitting, there was a lot of hitting on the face. Um, biting, but biting to a point of breaking skin where I was bleeding. I had bruises, and and going back to the high five thing, I would share pictures of my bruises with my friends as a bragging thing at the time. We so have, that's fucked up. You don't. It's, it that's fucked though. up. You thought you were being this bold person because that's what he made you think. Yeah, isn't, you that, isn't, that, isn't that messed up? You're being wild and inhibited. You're an amazing girl. Like, oh my god, I can't believe you're letting me do this. Oh, like, no, don't get. If you start, I'm, I will start, and I cannot cry right now. I'm getting a little teary eyed, okay. people. Uh, yeah. But I have a box of tissues in my purse, I think. I think oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we're good. It's, I'm getting it's it all flashbacks. I, I, it's flashbacks. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And the bruises, like, there was a lot of bruises. Um, it then, it got even worse to a point where he would spit in my face. Nope. Um, I don't even like spitting on my pussy. I'm not going to lie, guys. Oh, you would not expect I'm, that word. I love it. I need a 
that. I needed that. Love it. Um, Comedic relief. And, um, one thing I just want to talk about for one is forced blowjobs and the well, that's mofa right. game. That is right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess technically then mm-hmm. I have been because mm-hmm. that that would happen and it would be to a point of like. It's scary. Like you can't breathe, and you're yeah. and you're and you don't know what's going on. And you're... like, and there's an aspect mm-hmm. of me sexually where I like I do say I'm submissive, but I'm not a sub. Like I do like making my partner feel good. Yeah. Um. But it, it it was it was really bad. And the breaking point for me was when he was really into crush, like just putting all his weight on me. Um. So and he was like a very big guy. Um. So he would be on top a lot and like pushing in the bed, and my ribs broke. Um, yeah. Oh. So this would have been right before New Year's Eve. It was oh, around Christmas time. And when it happened, I thought, ow, that hurts. Oh, must have just pulled a muscle. Let's keep going. I'll finish up. Bye-bye. Um, it wasn't until the next day that I felt the pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then I was, again, the excuse queen, making excuses. Oh, he just leaned on me wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, like... I pulled something. Yeah, it, we were just we just went a little too hard. <laughs> and I was so fucking oblivious to the fact that like I was just letting this guy fucking abuse me like like to this mm-hmm. point. And um yeah, it was brutal. It was just not a good time and I remember like wanting to go up for New Year's Eve and wanting to have fun and I was just like in so much fucking pain because when your ribs are broken, oh, you can't, every movement, you every breath, shit, you can't breathe. Yeah, I was, was going to say, right, breathing is hard, right? I like, even, I even uh, told him, and his response was bummer. Oh god, Ooh. yeah, and Jesus I will add as well. Like my friends were never supportive of the things I would do with this guy, and it was. The ribs thing was just, it was quite literally my breaking point, no, no pun intended. Um, like, my roommate at the time knocked on my door, and she was like, oh my god, I thought you were crying. And then I look up, and I was actually crying. She's like, holy shit, are you okay? And that's when I broke down about it. So that was a long time ago. And that was that was the thing for me. I have not been with him since. Um, good. I'm mm-hmm. guilty for mm-hmm. almost having been with him since. No, you're not guilty, you're not guilty of, of anything. No. Yeah. He's guilty of assault and rape, yeah. but you're not guilty yeah. of anything. It's very true. And they, they get up, some of these men, they get a hold over you. It's almost like yeah. a hypnotism yeah. thing, you know? And then the next thing you know, they're like, oh, but you want to come back. And you think, oh, maybe I do want to come back. Yeah. Well, it's about Humans normalizing. Always... You don't want to mm-hmm. accept that you have been dehumanized to that point. Yeah. So you will do Anything to make it seem normal. Yeah. And Anything. Yeah. And, and that was like it. A special wild woman, and you don't want to not be the special wild woman. And that was exactly it. Mm-hmm. It took me so long yeah. to realize, like, you took away my sexual power. You took away my, like, yeah. my power. Just yeah. my general power. And that's fun. My emotional power. Like, I was, and, like, I just have not been, I've just been so focused on I just want to get laid but it's so much deeper than that it's mm-hmm. I'm scared to of course I'm, I'm scared to like trust a guy again mm-hmm. to that point I've been I think since that happened I've had sex twice mm-hmm. um, and both with right. friends so that I had slept with mm-hmm. before and I don't even think Sounds I really fun. enjoyed it mm-hmm. no, of course not no. because you, you were, were probably, terrified yeah even if you weren't aware yeah. of it that was in the back of your head yeah. So defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my story. Sorry, I had to get that one out. <laughs> no, don't apologize. Don't apologize. Yeah. You are a brave, <sighs> amazing person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
that's what did it for me, and that's what I'm I'm still dealing with. I feel like I'm getting there, um, but I think so much of it is like a confidence thing too. I, I don't think I've ever had a healthy level of confidence, and this just totally oh knocked you to the floor, destroyed it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the sick thing is, and I'm gonna get ranty here. The sick thing about it is, is like I know people who know this guy. And know what he does, and they don't say anything. Oh, um, the worst of and, it. And I also know that this guy has a wonderful, well, quote unquote, in the Instagram sense, a very Instagrammable relationship with a very beautiful one. No, I was literally no, like, uh, don't, don't, don't say girlfriend, don't say girlfriend. I know. And so, oh, and so I'm here, like, yes, single for it. six years, single for six years, really trying to, like, I. People take this stance of, like, you're desperate because you're so focused on finding a relationship. And here's my stand that I thought about today. And I'm like, this is how I word it. I'm not desperate for that. I'm desperate to be proven wrong. Like, prove me wrong, men. Understandable. Give me a health... Like, I don't know what a healthy sexual dynamic looks like anymore because of this experience. Mm -hmm. It colors your whole world. Like, I know it exists. I've heard Mm -hmm. other people talk about it. But it's been a very long time since I have experienced that. All right. So thank you. Aww. Thank you guys. Yeah. I guess this, this is real personal. We're going real deep with the personal yeah. stuff here on my end. But. And along those lines, now we're about to go like circa like two thousands here. Um along the lines of it sticks with you. Yeah. And it shapes who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big time. Mm-hmm. My abuse happened when I was 15. However, I actually thought back. And the first time that I was ever sexually abused was verbally, but I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. My, fr- yeah. my friend at the time was 12. Her boyfriend was 15. And that right there is Ooh, fucked up. That's fucked up. That's <laughs> fucked up. Exactly. So that right there is messed up. Yeah. (laughs) I've always hung out with people that are older than me. Always have. Me too. And that's when it started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my best friend at the time was 12. Her boyfriend was 15. They were having sex, obviously. Obviously? No, listen. (laughs) Okay. So think about this. I also skipped a grade. So this was sixth grade. Fuck. Jesus. I would have been getting my first period around that time. I hadn't even had my first period at that point. Anyway, and her, and we were at the play yard, like the playground at our, like, pre-high school times. I'm also French, so, like, our school is really different than English school. Oh, yeah. Like, K to 8 and then 9 to 12. Anyway, so we were in the yard. And we were hanging out in the side of, like, beside the woods, and her boyfriend hands me a condom. Now, again, I am 10 years old. I have no fucking clue what that is. And he's like, I've got something for you. And he hands this to me. And I'm like, what is it? He's like, it's a condom. And I'm like, condom? Like, how do you spell that? And I'm just, and he tells me how to spell it. And he's like, oh, you don't know what it's for? I would have thought that you would have known what it's for. Oh, my skin is crawling. And now, it's not just me and him. It's me, him, her, and our friends. And again, I am friends with people who are 12 or older. So they're all laughing at me. 
And it took me this long. It actually took me... The, by the time that Sarah asked if anyone wanted to come on here, I kind of went through my memories. I never quite realized that was... A, like abuse yeah, until yeah. now right yeah. I remember it as just all of my friends laughing at me of course because I didn't know what this thing was mm-hmm, I didn't yeah. know what this word was that's the part you focused on and that's what stuck in my memory but now thinking about it I'm just like this 15 year old guy who was dating my best friend gave me a condom and just assumed that I knew what it was for. This worldly 10-year-old. <laughs> Dear 10 God. years old. Fuck. Holy shit. Okay. I'm pouring my glass. So <laughs> I know, That's right? so terrible. young. Oh, my God. It's creepy. I don't even think I knew what sex was until, like, eighth grade. Really? Okay. Well, I so, know. Maybe. Is that not, like, a key to preventing so much of this is just educating Education. people from an yeah. appropriate age. Like, I learned everything. I, I learned sex from Sailor Moon fan fiction. Really? I, when I was like five or six, I bought a Peanuts biology book and it Ooh. talked about how the egg inseminated, or the sperm inseminated the egg, but it didn't tell how the sperm got from the daddy to the egg. Oh, oh, no. You missed a step. It had the yeah, I didn't tell that part. So then I, <laughs> I remember very vividly as a five-year-old, like, annoying my mother to the point where she was almost to tears. And she to- <laughs> finally told me about what sex was. Because oh, I was just like, I don't understand. How this doesn't make sense. How does she, she get from one person to the other? She only dodge you for oh, so long. Yeah, <laughs> She was refinishing a door in the garage. I remember like that much. And like she finally told me. I was just like, ew, and ran away. And like, you know, that didn't damage me in a way. Like it gave me power in a certain way of like knowing that. And like in an age appropriate way. Like I wasn't told really what sex is or this whole kind of adult understanding. It was just like it's when the penis goes in the vagina so it can deliver the the sperm. And it's part of it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's important to know. Now, we go until I was 15. So at this point, like I was raised by two pagans. Like I was told that organized religion was bullshit. So on my own, I decided to join a church. And I considered myself a devout Christian. Mm-hmm. So I believed in no sex before marriage. I believed in essentially self-confidence, which was surprising considered, considering it was Baptist. So now I started dating this guy. He hung out with a bunch of my friends. I was 14. He was 17. And we started dating. And he was also very Christian. It's kind of how I knew him. We both agreed that, you know, we wouldn't have sex before marriage. You know, it's only supposed to be between two people. And then I turned 15, and I can't remember when this happened, but he gave me a promise ring and said, you know, as soon as you turn 18 and we can make this official, like, I want to marry you. At this point, I was 15. He was 18. And... I was like, okay, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love you. You know, I was 15. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, now, like in my brain, still to this day, 10 years later, I blame myself. Oh, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. So eventually, he had sex with me. And... Now, at the time, I thought I was consenting 
because I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> I wasn't saying anything. It took me months to realize this, to, to actually start enjoying it, because this guy said, well, you know, I've given you a ring. We're going to be together forever. You know, we could start having sex now. Mm-hmm. Why wait when we know what the inevitable is? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, we'd been dating for about a year, like six months to a year, and, you know, to a newly devout Christian, and, you know, dating a Christian boy, you'd think that that would be okay. Um, so we started having sex, and it took me a while before I started enjoying it. And it's it's difficult for me to say that I enjoyed it, because sex is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I know that now. Mm. However, it took me a long fucking time mm-hmm. to actually enjoy having sex with him. It's not that it was painful. It was awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you, like you weren't getting anything out of it. I you. wasn't getting anything <coughs> out of it. I was doing it because it was my duty. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, now, fast forward until I was, you know, 17, 18, going to university And I realized that I didn't miss him when he was away. And my 18th birthday was looming. And I'm like, shit. Like, I am trapped in this relationship. Because I've had sex with this guy. I can't leave him. Of course. Shit. I can't leave him, but I don't love him. I don't miss him. I'm I'm away from him, yet, you know, I have no attachment to him. And finally, I caved. And broke up with him and told him I didn't love him. And about six months later, after even more abuse, but we'll get to that in a second, um, I was asked to lead a youth trip for my old church. And we were in the van with a bunch of 14, 15, 16-year-olds in the back. And the topic of sex came up. And... Of course, I made sure that none of the kids heard me, but I talked to one of the other leaders and I'm like, you know what? Like, I've broke up, I I broke up with him, but like, is sex before marriage really that bad if you know that you're going to marry them? And my friend looked at me, she's like, is that why you did it? Like, what happened exactly? Like, why did you decide to have sex before Mm. marriage? Because again, this is extremely Christian. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, well, he gave me a ring and he said that we would be together forever. And so I I guess I just owed him. And she said, that's not right. Mm. (laughs) I was 18 at the time. It took me three years Mm. to realize what had happened. Mm. It took me being with him forever. You know, maximum six months of me not enjoying sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. And going through all these things in another abusive relationship to realize that what happened wasn't right. Yeah. And it messes with you. Big time. Yeah. So what happened there, like, between breaking up and realizing what had happened to me as a child, I was with this other guy. Now, this other guy was a guy that I went to Bible school with in the summer. So yet another Christian boy. Um... You know, everyone kind of joked around saying, oh, yeah, he really likes Carmen. Like, he totally likes Carmen. But I had a boyfriend at the time, so I didn't do anything about it. He ended up at the same university as me. As soon as I broke up with my ex, he started hitting on me. And 
you know, things came up and I'm like, yeah, I'm not a virgin, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then he just went with it. And now we're going to the forced fellatio, mm-hmm. fellatio part of the relationship. So I enjoyed sex with him. I did. But every once in a while, yeah. he would pin me down. Like, legs on my arms on a bed and force himself into my mouth. And that, like, it took me about a month or two to realize that I am uncomfortable with this. And I broke up with him. And then after that is when I went on that youth trip. And it took a while to realize that just because you think you owe someone something does not mean that it's consent. Mm Mm-hmm. That was, like, my first experience. And when I was 18, I realized that I was raped when I was 15 Mm -hmm. for months on end. Yeah. So. You never owe someone your soul. You never owe anyone anything. Fuck that shit. No, not your body, not your soul. No. But now, as an adult, like, ever since those two relationships, I've been extremely guarded. Mm -hmm. Of course. I'm a huge prude. I have safe words. I have to go out on like four or five dates before I even think of touching them. I've actually stopped talking to friends because they've sexually assaulted me. Someone came up to me while I was moving. Someone offered to help me move once and came up behind me, grabbed my hips and whispered in my ear, can I help you with this box? Oh my God. Yeah. And after that day, I haven't spoken to him since. Good. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything. He didn't assault me. However, well, it was... He did. He harassed it, you at the very least. least harassment, yes. yeah. not assault. But at yeah. the same time, like, he didn't penetrate me. He didn't grab my boobs. He didn't do anything sexual. However, he did something he sexual. touched yeah. me inappropriately. Yeah. As no one else the would. The hands on yeah. the hips is, like, almost... Dare I say it? Like, he's about to doggy styling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's doggy style. It, yeah, it gives a signal that brings your brain to a certain situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, with all my partners, I want to consult. I, I consider myself like a slutty prude. I really am. <laughs> like, uh, that would be a great hashtag. <laughs> slutty prude. A slutty prude. I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sexual person, but you're uh, you're way more guarded because of yes, like uh, because of your experiences. I feel the same friggin' way. Outside about of I Halifax, I am the biggest slut in my group of friends. Like I've had people that have been like with two people, four people, and I'm like above ten, and I stopped counting. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, like I am extremely guarded. Yeah. I tell I, I tell people now. It's like a disclosure. Mm -hmm. As soon as they start being physical with me, Mm -hmm. like, look, I was abused when I was a kid. If you push too far, I will hate you forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, There is a breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. There is a line that if you cross it, you will never speak to me again. That's a point, Mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think, when you're in the early stages of dating, (sighs) do you think that that can intimidate Guys, that you're dating. Who I cares? usually bring it in. <laughs> I agree. Who cares? Like, yeah. That is If that is your yeah. truth, yeah, you need right. to speak it. And if they don't like it, they can fuck off. They're not the person you want to be with. Yeah. 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 So true. For me, there's like two lines it's like the physical intimacy line, mm-hmm. 
Mm. which is, you know, like touching, cuddling, maybe kissing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they start to be sexual, groping. So there's mm. a difference between touching and groping. Oh, mm-hmm. huge. Right? Mm. As soon as they start groping, usually, like, after that, unless they, like, really go bonkers, but usually after that date, I'm just like, look. Yeah. We need I am damaged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I tell people, like, I'm damaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it takes a while for me to trust you, but let me know that, like, like I will tell you right now, once I cross that sh- threshold, I am all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I'm worth getting through the baggage. Exactly. Let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. I, and I think it goes without saying that you shouldn't do shit. Like, like, I don't know. There's a level of fucking human decency that you show someone when you're hooking mm. up with them. Yep. That you don't do certain things without... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, where... But why do guys think that this is acceptable? Because they're porn. raised that way. Porn. That's porn totally is, it. Porn, porn is yeah. entitlement. Yeah. yeah. Like, raised that way, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The entitlement that's just inbred. Yeah. And porn yeah. reifies it yeah. to no end. Porn these days is just a... Oh, it's so sad. I but used to like yeah. porn when you had too. to go into the little room and then there was like VHS. Oh, yes. And yes. then it was like, oh my god, you had that is my first experience with porn. Cool. I'm that old, okay? <laughs> that, that is my first experience with porn. It's going into the little room at the VHS place and yes. like yeah. half of it is softcore, so you're not really yeah. seeing anything too crazy. Too it's just like sex stuff. with yeah. weird, like, yeah. they're so weird, emotional. Like, <laughs> Girls, but we're getting like, just so high. Yeah. So like my yeah. God, like I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, I saw no, you're totally. And like you know, there's not a lot of pink. There's not a lot of exact like dick mm. money shots. Mm. It's just sex and like some weird fun. It's usually funny mm. like storyline <laughs> around it. Yeah, yeah. and like. There's, it was harder to get your hands on hardcore shit back yeah. in that day. And, like, mm-hmm. it was such a novelty to be able to see this because now I can finally go into that room now that I'm 18 or 17 yeah. mm-hmm. and they don't really care because I'm going with my 18-year-old friend. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that it. is my introduction. Like, I'm, mm. I am Gen X. And, like, yeah. that is kind of what my introduction to porn was. And as soon as it turned into this, like, amateur fuckfest of... Like mm-hmm. everything crazy you can think of. Porn was so like I just turned off now. of it so bad. Oh, mm. My God! No, it just boggles my mind mm. that this is a thing that has happened to so many female friends that I know, where guys have done the forced blowjob thing or hit like what the fuck? It's it's really fucked up. It's because they're they're taught this because like porn nowadays, especially ones geared to males, cater to that fantasy. Mm-hmm. And it is a fantasy. And there's nothing wrong with that fantasy. No. And there's nothing wrong with being sending adults mm-hmm. into that fantasy, male or female. But the problem is these videos don't show the important steps first. Exactly. They don't like, show the talk about consent. They don't show address. about the safe words. They don't show about how you might get a couple slaps in to kind of feel how hard someone even wants to be hit. Mm. Like, there are important things you need to do first, but that'll get skipped over. So these kids, they grow up not knowing those steps even exist. Well, even, like, Mm. the produced stuff is 
better in mm-hmm. that there's like 30 people in that room when that scene is shot. Like, there's mm-hmm. not yeah. a lot of subterfuge. There's not a lot of coercion that's going on. It's, it's true. Kinda there's like, still some you stuff see a script. Yeah. You see a script yeah. beforehand. You know what's going to happen. You're a professional you meet, actor. Exactly. Yes. You meet. You've there is still tested, good professional you know? mm-hmm. But with Absolutely. the, the, like, with Hot Girl Wanted, that documentary mm-hmm. by uh, Shahi, or what's her name? Uh, uh, Rashida Jones. Yes, Rashida Jones. Like, the amateur is where women are being abused. They are being mm-hmm. like pimped out yeah. to yeah. these gross men yeah. who exactly just, what it like, is. They are paying hundreds of dollars to go and be sexually abused yeah. and not make anything. Because mm-hmm. amateur porn is the nitty gritty. It's you know like on a phone. It's you know in a back room. Like it's like the porn can. should it be exactly heavily so regulated from what like, amateur yeah. should mean. And like, yeah. but there are still production houses doing like the corny parodies and like you know stuff and like yeah. and there is feminist forward stuff happening as well where it's like just real couples recording themselves having sex or Love people that. having yeah. produced oh, sex oh, but it's great oh, yeah. production where yeah, there are people and yeah, it's awesome. when, I like, my God. Like, when I worked at Pleasures and Treasures there was a whole shelf devoted to like <laughs> couple porn yeah. and, was like, and, and the back of those were so much cooler to like the other stuff that some yeah. of it so much more you know? real like, it yeah. was it's more real. real it was like you know Jack and Elaine have just moved into a new house <laughs> and they need to christen every room it's really bad it's like Shitty story. <laughs> yes. Two more? Jesus. There's four people a year. We've only gone through two. <laughs> oh, I thought you had more. Oh, okay. No, I have a, a good little mm. Yay! Okay. okay, so I met this guy about three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. We started out dating, and we figured out the sex is phenomenal. However, we had very different morals. Okay. He wanted kids right away. I want kids when I retire. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like, I want kids when I can afford to have kids. Which so, will definitely be when you retire. Exactly. <laughs> and even then, nowadays. At least by then, if I can't afford it, I'll have the time to do it. Yep. There we go. Fostering is where it's at. <laughs> yes. Nice. I want to adopt, exactly. I do not, I've never planned on popping out children. Why like, don't we have the technology where we can just put them in a tube and let them grow outside? That, that of that's exists. coming soon. That, that is happening. We're oh that. We're getting there. We're getting okay, there. Okay, so three and a half years ago, I went on the date with this guy, friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. You know, um, and over time, like he was the most respectful person I have ever met in my life, and I think that's that's why the sex is good. It's so true. You know, like, we've been off and on, like, whenever I've started, like, we have a rule. If either of us go on a date, not even dating, go on a date with someone, our deal's off. Okay. We are very strict, well, I'm very strict about that, but um, that's my rule. I like it. But it's been going on for over three years, probably three and a half by now. Fantastic fucking sex. But you know what? What's that like? I know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's consent. Yes. It is. Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah. So, even, like, even when we're still in the dating stages, I'm just like, dude, I was maybe 21, 22, maybe. I'm just like, dude, I had previous experiences. They were really, really bad. And I just want to make sure that you're comfortable with this. Yeah. And I said my safe word. My safe word is Apples. Apples. Oh, nice. Apples. What's a good one? Nice. It's based off TV show Castle. Apples, oh, okay. apples, apples. 
Because who the fuck would say apples in bed? Yeah. Unless you're, you know, a Mexican apple thief. Let's not uh, go there. (laughs) So, now here's the thing. Like, over the years, we have experimented with everything. Toys, bondage, anal, everything you can ever think of. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. However, it's all about consent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the hottest thing of all. Yeah, it is. It is. Even if he brings it up, I don't have to bring it up. Even if he brings it up, he always proposes it to me first. He says, I've been thinking, you know, I was at Venus Envy the other day. I saw this, like, really cool underbed, you know, strap contraction. If I bought that, would you be okay with trying it out? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know what? It is awesome. He sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's all it takes, guys, is yeah. fucking consent. Yeah. Conversation and consent. Being open. It's being open and respecting your partner's boundaries. As soon as you do that, you can go for whatever you like. Yep. Okay. I'm not saying that everyone likes bondage and anal, but... At least you can definitely bring it up and talk about it. You can bring us. it up. Exactly. You maybe, never know. Maybe you can at least try it once and find out if it's for you. Yeah. How exactly. Else, how else will you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It's two consenting people. Yeah. The sex is fucking fantastic. Yay. Yeah. That's just Yay. it. And that's what it takes. And the big secret is consent. Consent. Mm-hmm. Consent. Oh, wait, God damn it. <laughs> Just whisper it into the mic this whole time. If we whisper it in sexy voices, maybe you'll take it serious. <laughs> that's, 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 and you know what? He's probably going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to make him Amazing. listen to this. <laughs> At least we're saying good things. He's going to get his ego stroked. Damn. He's like, he's going to get his that's going to get stroked. He ends up listening. He's like, you told them about the under the bed strap on? <laughs> I bought a strap-on for him because How powerful do you feel wearing a strap-on? I actually hate oh it. It's so uncomfortable. Really? So know. you know what? I just take it off and I shove it in his ass. <laughs> consenting. Oh, yeah. Consenti- consentingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She shoves it into his consenting ass. Yeah. Abs- you ask him. begging ass. Nice. <laughs> he was begging for it. Yeah. Ding, ding. I'm going to wear this bill out. <laughs> But yeah, that's all it takes, guys, is fucking consent. Just talk about it. Even damaged people. And I think, too, it's like sometimes guys might feel embarrassed, maybe. Like, they might have something in their head Mm. about what they want to do, and they don't know how to bring that up to their partner. That's totally fair, because you're right, you know? That's a thing. Because they've been taught that they're the boss, and they should be able to take what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. why would they bother talking about it, but they want to talk about it? But does that mean they're soft? Does that mean they're not really mad? No, it doesn't. It means you're awesome. Talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. There you go. Like, just because you want something doesn't, like, just talk about it. The worst that can happen is that they can say no. Yep, exactly. And, the and there you go. The second worst thing is you'll try it and then they'll say no. But at least you got to try it and you knew. Exactly. Yeah. You never know. You might not like it. That's fair. Yeah. Right? So, so yeah, so that's my little lighter bit to this. Your positive Yay. note. Yes, positive notes. Good. All right, let's go back. Does <laughs> anybody else have anything you want to share? Or we can... I'm sure there's lots more. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>